What's up, everybody? I'm Brian Barrett, former Boston sports radio guy and now host of the new Ringer show, Off the Pike, that'll cover your favorite Boston teams and stories. From Fenway to Foxborough to the Garden and beyond, we're reacting to all the biggest games and moments with episodes at least three times a week featuring myself and some of your favorite guests at the Ringer and in the city. Plus, if the Celtics or the Pats make a surprise trade, if the Red Sox go on a run, or if any news breaks, we'll drop bonus instant reaction episodes too, so you're always up to date with the latest chatter. Get in on the action and follow off the pike with me, Brian Barrett, now on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Football show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck. If you're wondering who to start and who to sit, we have our rankings at fantasyfootball.theringer.com. Check it out. We have our start sit all there. You can go to any position. We have super flex. You can tap the little position banners to make whatever rankings you want. Running backs, receivers, running backs, tight ends, if you want them for whatever reason. You do whatever you want. Check it out there. Today we're going through. It's week seven. Just doing the vibes. Entering Sunday. We're recording this Thursday, so too bad. We will not be able to hit the Saints-Cardinals matchup for tonight. We're mm. devastated. Scintillating. At, yeah, we're devastated for missing that. But vibe check entering it. DK, what are your Sunday scaries ahead of this week, week seven? This was an interesting one that Bill Simmons actually brought up to us. What do we do with this Tua and the Dolphins passing game situation against the Steelers? Like, I'm just kind of a little bit nervous about how this whole thing is going to go. Are they going to try and protect Tua by getting the ball out really quickly? Or are they just going to run the hell out of the ball? What are they going to do with Tua in his first game back? And I assume Tua is going to be starting because that's what they've said, and he's on track to do that. It's unfortunate that his first game back is on primetime. Yeah. I, well, first of all, you know, you left out one of the other options, which is they don't protect him at all. I feel like you didn't you didn't consider that one. I know, and that, and it, that certainly is a possibility uh, that they just, play like a normal strategy. I mean, that actually probably is what's going to happen, to be honest. I There's this Yiddish word called agita, which is just like anxiety. It's like a heartburn for like your your nerves. That's how I feel watching this game. Like it's, there's a world where we're going to get Tua for the Dolphins versus Kenny Pickett for the Steelers, who was also just concussed last week. And in a way, it just feels weird watching this whole game. It just, it, I'm going to be on edge. I also don't really know what concussion protocol means anymore. There's like players no. like Kenny Pickett's been practicing. Full yet practice? He's, yet he's still in the concussion protocol. I don't understand how that makes any sense or what that means. Or like Teddy Bridgewater 
was the backup for Skylar Thompson, but he was still in concussion protocol, but yet he was like able to play as a backup to Skylar Thompson. I just like don't understand what any of it means anymore. Yeah. I think, it, I mean, honestly, this is a new normal because the new, I think the new rules uh, are going to be... But if Teddy Bridgewater be... was available, why wasn't he starting? Mike McDaniel well, said he wanted a quarterback who had gotten practice that week. However, choosing a seventh round rookie with really two weeks of real practice over Teddy Bridgewater because Teddy Bridgewater didn't get like two days of practice with the game plan. Like that doesn't pass the smell test. I actually I think know. it does. I think that's just like Thompson more. And Teddy? That's wild to yeah. me. Maybe. I don't know. The whole thing's weird. <laughs> they started so, him over Teddy Bridgewater and played the rest of the game. So, I mean, I don't know. You tell me. I, the whole thing, I think, is just uh, we're still trying to learn as, you know, fans and, and as analysts, like kind of like what this new these new rules are going to mean because uh, there's just I think the teams so are trying to learn what these new rules right. mean. There's so many more guys that are going to get um, taken out of games and have to go through the concussion protocols. And it's just going to make this, it's this whole new layer, I guess, of like, preparing for the week and trying to figure out what the injury report means because, you know, we're just sort of in new territory now. Kalen Collar at The Athletic wrote a great story this week. It's really good one about basically the the protocol, it involves, they go to the sideline, they're like, they, they say, there's a lot of versions of this, but they're like, they say 10 random words. They're like, banana, wait, elephant, whatever. And then they're like, okay, where are you? What's the date? Do you know what down it was? Distance. And then they mm-hmm. come back, they're like, can you name those 10 words? And a player anonymously was telling her like, yeah, well, but if you, I, I just know like, if I just keep saying those words to myself in the head and I come back at the end, like, I just know that I have to remember those words, half of them, and I'll get to go back in the game. So it's like, it's not, in, it's not insanely hard to game the system if you want. So the whole thing's kind of imperfect. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, again, it's insanely complex, right? Like this is a brain, this is the brain we're talking about. It's like, there's so much complexity here and so much gray area in terms of like how to diagnose it right away. I think that the question I have for this whole Tua situation is that if I'm understanding this correctly, the party line from the Dolphins and the NFL is still that Tua only suffered one concussion that week. Correct. Sunday was a back injury. And then Thursday, when he, you know, his, you know, his hands were moving involuntarily, like that was the concussion. And that even though they fired the independent neurological consultant from the Sunday game, even though that dude was fired, they're like, well, he didn't have a concussion that day. So Mike, if I understand that correctly, my question is like, okay, I get that Tua, I guess Schefter reported that Tua saw four independent doctors before coming back. But my question is like, if, did those doctors get, told the story where Tua suffered one concussion that week or two concussions in four days. And I guess I'm wondering, are we all just assuming he was concussed on Sunday and he was not? Or like, would those doctors maybe have different opinions about whether he could return based on whether they were told one or two concussions? And I'm just kind of curious, what is the story here? I'm assuming they were told that he only suffered one concussion because he's only missed two games, right? So if he suffered two concussions in five days, I, I can't imagine doctors are allowing him to come back three weeks later. I obviously I don't, don't want to. I don't know. It's it, The whole thing, I think, overshadows the game, quite frankly, especially when both sides of the ball, this is kind of the question on both totally. sides of the ball. So anyway, Sunday football, it overwhelms it. And then quite honestly, speaking of Sunday scaries, that one's scarier than usual. 
it's not like the, the afternoon games are any better. I mean, holy cow, the, the games all day are just bad before this. Like, yeah. this is, as Bill always says, this there's this is the apple picking Sunday of the year. Family so day. Spend some time with the kids. Family day. I love that him and Sal do that. It's Check so in on funny. Sunday night what, what happened. Yeah. Question for you guys. We, we were talking last week about how uh, they did this study about for men, would you rather have 15 minutes without your phone and you have to spend it alone with your thoughts or take an electrical shock? <laughs> would you guys rather take like a hard electrical shock or watch Texans Raiders like the whole thing for three hours? <laughs> Texans Raiders? That's the game you're picking? I'm watching Damian Texans Pierce, Raiders. Baby. Okay. I'm yeah. all in Three hours? That. Okay. Bucks Panthers, three hours. You don't have your phone though. It's Tom Brady. Brady's going to be shock. back. He's going to make his resurgence. Okay, so maybe it's a great asking, week. Maybe it's not a wrong. Picking. This is the wrong crowd to ask. We're gonna and you can't yes ask fantasy them. football people because we're watching <laughs> every game for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. All right, well, fine. So I just think generally this is weird. And then, dude, this Broncos Jets game is that the one I should have I should have thrown out there? That's, that's maybe where that's, we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, no one wants to watch that's, that. That's where we draw the line. Although apparently the Jets are good now. I'm I'm skeptical. <laughs> are you? Yeah, t- tell us about it, Craig. Yeah. My Sunday Scaries is this Jets offense versus Denver. I, I just, this is a fun little story going on with the Jets. It feels like they're almost, honestly, not dissimilar to the Giants, kind of like mm-hmm. eking their way to a winning record so far. I'm, I still have no confidence in Zach Wilson. I like Brees Hall. The defense has been decent. Um, the receivers are, some weeks look fantastic. Other weeks look super disappointing. But so this week they're playing Denver and I, I was listening to Ian Harditz and Kevin Cole at PFF and they were talking about Zach Wilson against pressure. Well, under a clean pocket, he's averaging 10 yards per attempt and under Ooh. pressure, he's averaging two. It's the biggest drop off in the league. <laughs> and they're playing that's, Denver that's who lot. Denver's defense has been, I mean, they've been kind of like overshadowed by how bad Russ and the Ooh. offense have been. Their defense is really good. Very good. I mean, the reason every game is like 10 to 10 in the fourth quarter is because Russ has been horrific, but the defense has been fantastic. And you know, they're one of the best teams at, at applying pressure in the league. They're sixth in pressure rate. They're second in defensive EPA. Patrick Sertan, the corner, is basically, you know, we don't we don't talk a lot about cornerback receiver matchups because there's there are not very many corners that follow receivers throughout a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sertan is the type of guy who's scary enough to, like, make you change your mind about passing game stuff. And so, like, Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson. I mean, to me, these guys are all very scary. I think Elijah Moore, we've already established, can't start him. And he's, by the way, he's not with the team today. There's maybe some intrigue happening here. Oh, intrigue. Like, how do you know it's intrigue? Like, how do you, what if he could miss for a lot of reasons? Well, there was some speculation earlier, and now I'm actually just seeing it on Twitter right now, per Ian Rappaport rap sheet. Sources, Jets wide receiver Elijah Moore frustrated with his role and usage has asked for uh, a trade. Really? Year two of his career. Player empowerment. Did this just However, happen? The team has no plans at all. Of course to trade they him. don't. <laughs> <laughs> but that can change. They can't write. And the team has plans to trade him. And the team's like, fine, we can give you. They're up not going to trade him. He's good. Remember, like one year ago, when the coaching staff was like, "We love Elijah Moore. We just want like eight Elijah Moores." My God. Remember a year ago when he was absolutely just freaking dominating? He's a very good player. It's just so frustrating because like they are passing him so limited, so so limited. He entirely dominated. Because Zach Wilson got hurt. Dude, he hasn't even been bad. He's basically had 50 yards every game except the last two games. And he's like, I'm good. I'm out. I think the problem is he's getting, well, at least recently, Craig, the last couple games, I believe, last two games, he's been out-snapped by Corey well, Davis, which I'm sure I'm sure he's kind of pissed about. And okay. then, of course, they drafted Garrett Wilson in the top 10. 
after he did what he did last year. So maybe it's just like, I got to get out of this place. Kids these days, they keep switching jobs. <laughs> Quiet quitting. <laughs> What's the ultimate team for him to get traded to? It's always just, I feel like it's just Chargers the and Chiefs. Rams. Oh, I guess the Chiefs. It used to, no, yeah, it used to always just be like the Chiefs, but now I'm like, the Bills? There's too many receivers in the Bills, though. Ooh. Yeah. But isn't he perfect in the slot? I mean, he's better. I mean, he's better than Isaiah McKenzie. I mean, he would definitely. That would be sweet. And there's enough volume to go around. Diggs, that would be Elijah cool. Moore, and Gabe Dave. I mean, it, that would be electric. But from a fantasy point of view, though, like you don't really want him to get traded to the Bills because then, like, Gabe Davis becomes much less valuable. I'd rather have him go somewhere where he's going to be like the true, like the true number one. Packers, Packers. That would be sweet. Oh, so he can just be disappointing in a different shade of green. Cool. Let's be serious. What's another team? What's another good team? I here? was serious. You want him to be disappointing? I didn't want him to be disappointing. I'm saying Packers. I still think he'd be disappointing. I mean, the Giants? <laughs> oh, my God, no. no. That would literally never happen. Uh, You know. Just don't send him to the Bears for crying out loud. That would be There's the worst. There's no way the Bears are going to go. Are we that. trying to be realistic within who would actually trade for him? Or are we just saying screw it? I mean, I would. it's going to be the Rams or the Packers or the Chiefs or the Bills. The Rams are the correct answer because they have Cooper Cup and... Like Ben Skronik's playing football for them. The problem is Elijah, you have to give up a lot for him. Like Elijah Moore isn't like other players where, I don't know, they're requesting a trade. It's like Elijah Moore, here, let me pull up his contract. He has like three years left. He has two full seasons after this year. He's two and a half years left in his deal. So like, you can't just like, oh, we'll just give you a fifth. It's like, this is a second round pick who actually was taken, what, 34th overall. Yeah. So basically, like a really la- like a late, late, late first round guy, basically, that has two and a half years left. Like you kind of have to give up, maybe a first rounder to get him. John Daigle from Four for Four just tweeted, "Here's a list of teams that could use Elijah Moore right now." And then he just listed every <laughs> single team. Yeah. <laughs> also, the moment the Jets get rid of Elijah Moore, it's like, man, Jets should get Zach Wilson some weapons. God. Well, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. I like how the Ian Rappaport tweet says the former second rounder was targeted once in the win over the Packers. Was targeted once in the win. I know. That's it's a funny it's too busy winning. They should have they should have mentioned whatever agent texted Rappaport. That should have just maybe omit that. that one. Yeah. Elijah Moore angry after victory. Four and two Jets. No plans. Well, did you see you saw what he had tweeted after that game, right? He was like, essentially, and I'm, I'll paraphrase him, he was he was saying Look, I'm not going to complain after winning the game because winning's great, but here's a list of complaints. You know, like he, it, he was like basically like, look, I get it. We won. That's great. But come on, give me the rock. Okay, so clearly that all gets thrown in the trash because he just requested a trade. <laughs> so he yeah. doesn't care about winning. No, I mean, like, it was pretty clear in the tweet that he cares more about production also. Like, winning is great, but look, come on, give me the, give me the looks. Here's the problem. Just for four and two. What's the last time the Jets were four and two? Mark Sanchez t- year. It's been like a decade since the Jets were four and two. And this guy's like, I want out. Like it's just it's bad timing, man. It's just, I, I know the. I want I want my up. receivers to be. They want the goddamn rock. Like that's that's a key factor for receivers. I feel like. I do the Ringer NFL show on Fridays with Stephen Ruiz and Ben Solak, and Stephen had the stat from the show, and I thought he was making this up. It, it, he's not. Uh, if you just look at the Jets this season as a team. So Zach Wilson and Flacco quarterback outside the pocket. But you take play action out. So if they do a play action and a bootleg outside the pocket, that doesn't count. Just when they scramble outside the pocket, the Jets have zero completions this year. Oh my God. Wait, what? Not one. 
How exactly. is that possible? So if Joe, like, like outside the pocket, but not play action, that doesn't count. It's like if they scrambled right, right. outside the pocket, neither Zach Wilson nor Joe Flacco has a completion this year. So they're the worst improvisers That's in the league. Weird. Which is nuts because at least for Flacco threw 155 passes in three freaking games. I'm also not sure Flacco is capable of getting outside of the pocket. Yeah, so at least he can't run. Zach Wilson, that was like the whole deal when he came out of the draft. It was like he can create out of structure like Patrick Mahomes. He hasn't created. He hasn't gotten a... That's just nuts to me. That was what he was supposed to do. So again, what is it that you do here? I don't like this game. Not great. Definitely worried about the passing game in this in this game, right? Like just Brees Hall, and that's about it. But it's not like the running game in the Jets Broncos is good either, because you look at the Broncos. It's like last week, Chargers. Melvin Gordon starts the game. Melvin Gordon gets nine snaps in this game. He doesn't play in the second half, and then they're like, "Oh, did an injury happen?" And Nate Hackett, the Broncos coach, is like, "No, there was no injury to Melvin Gordon. That's not why I didn't play him in the second half or overtime." And then they're like, "But he's going to start next week." So Nate Hackett's like... He caved. It's insane. Like, first of all, Mike Boone, who, I mean, I liked him as a pickup. One carry. Latavius Murray off the street. 15 carries. But he's saying Melvin Gordon, for, I guess, quality, doesn't play in the second half, but will start. Then they told Melvin Gordon this, and he said, well, who started last week? Is there anybody who's just more in over his head in the NFL right now than Nate Hackett? Everything just feels like he's scrambling. (laughs) Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. This is bad. This seems really bad. I know this is just like one little thing amongst a, a litany of of issues that he's had this season. But like the fact that he was taking away like ha- like 30, 45% of Javante Williams touches and giving them to Melvin Gordon. And then Javante Williams gets hurt. And then Melvin Gordon doesn't even barely play after they signed Latavius Murray. What the hell is happening here? None of this makes any sense. This is why I, this is a one example of why I get so pissed about how coaches use their players. Because half the time, it makes no fucking sense. I feel like you'd be a lot angrier at Nate Hackett if they were winning games. But they're not even doing that. There's just no excuse because they are losing. I mean, obviously, if they were winning, like, whatever, you guys would be giving me the Arthur Smith treatment. But no, they're losing too. They suck. This is like one of the worst offenses. Apple picking weekend. If there is a good game, I like the Dallas Cowboys playing the Lions this week. This, to me, is the Mario Kart rainbow strip. Uh, I thought this was funny. You know the Lions have given up the most points in the league this year? You know what's you know what's uh, tough about that? They haven't played six games. No, they have not. They had a bye <laughs> last week, and they've still given up the most points, which is crazy. That's rough. That's rough. So usually, I don't love like a player like Dak. I'm like, oh, just start the quarterback coming back from injury. Who cares, dude? The Lions. I mean, with this is crazy, and, and not just Dak. Obviously, so many quarterbacks have been disappointed this year. You can play him, and then also like Zeke Elliott, who hasn't been great. I think I, he has like 75% more fantasy points per game when, when Dak plays, which isn't stunning, but still, I think that oh, you can wow. just play the Cowboys, man. Obviously, yeah. you're going to play CeeDee Lamb, but like, I just, it, it, you haven't been thinking of the Cowboys offense as good, but I think that there's going to be like a, sh- like a switch because it's not just Dak coming back. It's Dak overlapping with just going from the Eagles to last week to the Lions, like ma- one of the best to maybe the worst. Remember the good old days when they were talking about how Dak might be the backup quarterback? The Dak-up? <laughs> yeah. Good old Cooper Rush. Uh, that was fun for like that week or two. Um, yes. No, I'm, I'm excited about Dak being back. Like this is huge potentially for fantasy because, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously CD has one of the highest uh, target rates in the NFL. Like 
we were really worried about CD at the beginning of the year. He's really kind of bounced back and he hasn't had an explosion game, but he's been really, really solid in like all the underlying metrics. I'm really excited to see what happens when Dak gets back and if they can have their, a little bit more efficiency, a little bit more volume, more scoring. Um, and then obviously, like you said, Heifetz, this is definitely good for Zeke. Hopefully they can get him into the red zone because I, I believe he only has two touchdowns on the year. And, you know, he's obviously pretty reliant on touchdowns because he's not the most efficient guy. So hopefully they get him a few more carries inside the five-yard line and we get back to seeing some of these guys post like big weeks in fantasy. I'm worried about Zeke just because, I mean, last year, what the, the, the Cowboys led the league in points and they had like the best run blocking line in the league. And this year, their, their line is not what it was last year. And even with Dak back for Zeke, I, I actually don't see, like, you know, Zeke's on pace for, on pace for 17 catches this year. He's just, yeah, oh, but weird. Well, yeah. I'm curious to see what happens when Zach, Dak returns. And honestly, again, I mean, Lions Zeke was games? like a fringe top 20 running back last year when the line was good and Dak was playing and he was catching passes. Yeah, but Lions, this Lions game, again, Lions games just combined are averaging 63 points or something. Insane. Like, imagine if you saw an over-under is 63 in a game. Like, that, like Chiefs-Rams is like, that's what happened in 2018. That's how you get a 60-point over-under. That's what the Lions have been. That's how bad their, their defense is. So I do think that Zeke, I would play him this week. I do think he will be good. And then if he plays well, you might be able to flip him to someone who says, oh, Dak is back. Offense is good. Zeke is back too. And then you maybe you trade him. It's probably, it's not crazy. People are going to, you know, we'll see whether it's one and one. But this week, I like, I like the Cowboys a lot. And Michael Gallup is back too. The Lions haven't given up less than 27 points in a game this year. And they've played Carson Wentz, Bailey Zappi, Geno Smith, <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Bailey Zappi had his wow. first career start, and, and they lost 26-0 against his first career start. And then also, we didn't even mention that Michael Gallup is back for the Cowboys now. Yeah, he's my, uh, he's my debutante ball guy of the week, coming out party. Michael Gallup, time <laughs> to mature this oh year. Mature? That's right. Super creepy. Well, Super creepy. Dak is back. It's projected that Jeff Okuda, the former top five pick cornerback for the Lions, is going to be on CD this week. Mm. You know, CD reminds me of DK. Not, I mean, a little bit in style, I but also in know. production. What? Deontay Johnson in the way yeah. that he, he he like sucks up targets, but he's never he never has the blow up game. He's like really quick and shifty in the short range, but he never seems to be the guy catching the forty yard deep ball anymore. He's just like the possession receiver who's kind of overqualified to be the possession receiver. That's actually a pretty good. That's like a good comp that most people probably would not think of, and I like that a lot. I mean, I don't. I still think CD is very talented, but I mean, at the end of the day, this is what he's been kind of. Yeah. So anyway, Akuda's going to be on CD for a lot of the game. Other than that, the Lions don't have any good cornerbacks, and Gallup has. He's, this will be his fourth game back from the injury. His targets have gone up every week since, and obviously with Dak being back, like Gallup, they paid this dude a lot of money to be like their deep threat guy. So I think against the Lions, this is a great spot for Gallup to be in your starting lineup. I like that one a lot. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. All right, next up. The George Costanza Player of the Week for if every instinct you have is wrong, maybe the opposite is right. Every instinct I have is that the Bears are going to get slaughtered by the Patriots. It's, 
they're, first of all, this is Monday Night Football. Slaughtered. Apple picking. <laughs> it will. Tough word. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like I, the run of Bill Belichick versus all these young quarterbacks mm. is just, it, none of them have really done well except for a handful. But then also, if the whole Patriots-Bill Belichick thing is, well, they take your favorite thing and then they just make you do other stuff. All the Bears do is run. This yeah. is all they do. Mm-hmm. By so, far what like, they're like, best at. Yeah, They're like the the least pass-heavy team in like 40 years. They're Navy. They're the Navy midshipmen. <laughs> and if Bill Belichick played Navy, ironically, I think his dad coached Navy. If Bill Belichick played Navy, he'd be like, you got to pass. That's all you got to do. Throw 40 passes a game. So I'm like, oh, they're going to get crushed. And then I'm like, but it's Justin Fields going to have like his his career high in passing yards on Monday Night Fight? Is he just got three touchdowns to Darnell Mooney? Because like he has to throw more than he's thrown. Don't you bait me into starting Darnell Mooney. Don't you do that I'm to me, Ricky saying. Bobby. Don't you put that on me. <laughs> I'm just saying, Don't like put that evil on me. I finally accepted that I'm not starting Darnell Mooney anymore, and you lay this shit on me. I hope you have sons. <laughs> no, like why? Why wouldn't Justin Fields have his season high in pass attempts in this game? Like, are the Patriots? Why wouldn't the Patriots just put like seven defenders in the like in the box and be like, we're just gonna play man to man, no safeties. Just go ahead, go take a deep pass, do it. The, the only thing I think about right now is it, this is probably gonna end up looking bad for us, but uh, Davis Mills did pass for 312 yards and three touchdowns last year against the Patriots, randomly. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up. where that came from, you know? I'm so glad you brought that up. I looked at the list of fantasy quarterbacks. Like, so I just looked at the list of players with less than 20 career starts at quarterback. So like young, first, second year players roughly, who played versus the Patriots. A handful of them have done well. So Lamar Jackson's done well. Obviously, he's Lamar. He doesn't count. Tua has done well. Randomly, Davis Mills did well. And also, even more randomly, actually, Mr. Trubisky did well. Like, mm. those guys that Oh, that's points. interesting. Okay. But everyone else, Trevor Lawrence had seven points. Fan- this is fantasy points against the Patriots. Trevor Lawrence had seven. Zach Wilson had a game where he had two, and then he had a different game where he had two. <laughs> Justin yeah. Herbert had four points. Drew Locke had three fantasy points. Daniel Jones had five. Josh Allen and his rushing had eight. Sam Darnold had a game where he had negative six. The seeing ghosts game. And so I look at that and I'm like, which group is he in? Which group is Justin Fields in? Because I kind of don't think it's the one with Lamar too and Davis Mills. So this is like when George, right after he declares that he's just going to do the opposite of everything, when that that pretty blonde woman starts making eyes with him and then he gets up and walks over to her and he goes, I'm unemployed, I'm balding and I live with my parents. <laughs> and she goes, and she's like, hi. And she's like, yeah, like, literally, yes, that's it. That's literally what I'm saying. So yeah, I think Darnold Moody has like 140 yards and the Patriots win by two touchdowns. I, will they literally have the ball enough for him to throw 40 times in the game? That's I don't my know. only fear. I, that's what I'm saying. This is like every instinct Logic I have. Logic dictate no, Craig. Every instinct <laughs> I have is that Justin Fields will have negative points. So I'm kind of wondering if he's like gets 30. Man, tell us know. if you have the balls to start Justin Fields or uh, or Mooney this week. Realistically, yeah. you're not playing Fields. I'm just wondering in a league, in a week where like, again, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, top three guys are on by. And like Gabe Dave, Devontae Smith, Adam Thielen, not to mention Marquise Brown's hurt. All these people are on by that someone, you know, if you're no, especially in a league that starts three receivers and a flex, there's a world where you have Darnell Mooney on your bench and you're like, do I do that or do I add, you know, freaking Marvin Jones? Yeah. And you know, Fields, like, no. Fields is rushing more than any quarterbacks not named Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts right now. Oh, by the way, and that also includes them taking away like a 50-yard rushing touchdown that got called back for a block in the back. Um, I think he's like a top 10 quarterback in the last two weeks. Obviously, 
that's very small sample. But yes, the rushing does matter. Um, speaking of this, Heifetz, and I, maybe you already just told me what, you, what we should do with this, but my probably unanswerable question of the week Nice. Nice. Shout to rewatchables. Soon this this podcast is just going to become more rewatchables and Bill's going to fire us. (laughs) Slowly morphing. We'll get sued Uh, somehow. Just like, you know, it's like an office space where you only take a few pennies or whatever in each transaction. It's only pennies. You're not really stealing anything big. Pretty soon it's millions and millions of dollars. Uh, Anyway, shouts to rewatchables. What the hell are we supposed to do with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert from here on out? The dreaded hot hand approach is upon us with this team. What do we do? I really literally don't know. Because the head coach said they were just through, like, yeah, we're going to do the hot hand. I mean, I I straight up wouldn't play the... I kind of don't think I'd play the running backs against the Patriots. You almost can't at this point. I don't know. Unless you're desperate. I'm the most comfortable benching a typically startable running back against a really good run defense uh, than I am for any other position. Like, I I am not sitting a decent wide receiver in pretty much any scenario, except maybe P.J. Walker with D.J. Moore. But... Running backs, different story. Like, I, I have no problem with benching David Montgomery against the Pats or if Ezekiel Elliott is playing the Bills. Like, I, I actually, I think that stuff, uh, we get a little bit too wrapped up with their, like, name brand value than their actual pers- real-life value in the game. Patriots are third best in the NFL against opposing running backs. Yes, yeah, sit them. How are they when they don't think the other quarterback can complete passes? How do they do then? <laughs> It's an excellent question. I'm worried about Montgomery, and I think that if you want to bench him, totally. But like, seriously, though, I mean, like, I think this is the week to just maybe sit both of these guys. I'm very nervous about starting them. I know, obviously, depends on your league, and if you need to start, probably have to because of buys play them. Right, but that's probably true. But like these guys, I get this. Maybe should have just been in the Sunday scaries. But I'm I'm just very nervous about what they're doing with Montgomery, Herbert. There's just not a lot of volume to go around. Um, anyway, it's it's making me nervous, Craig. To get back to your uh, C.D. Lamb, Deontay Johnson thing, I've looked mm-hmm. up their career comparisons on StatHead. So per game, on a per game basis, obviously Deontay Johnson's played 53 games, C.D. Lamb's played 38 games. But on a per game basis, it's pretty damn close. Actually. Is it? Yeah. So Deontay Johnson, 5.4 receptions per game. C.D. Lamb, 4.9 receptions per game. Deontay Johnson, 57 yards per game receiving. C.D. Lamb, 64 yards per, uh, per game receiving. And then the touchdowns are very close. Deontay Johnson, 0.4 per game. C.D. Lamb, 0.3 per game. I just feel like C.D. Lamb came into the league with like the draft value, the draft capital around his name. So he had all of like... He's just way more sexy as like a prospect. The glitz and glamour around him. And like yeah. Deontay Johnson has overperformed as an NFL player and C.D. has kind of underperformed, but they're actually just on the same level right now. It's pretty close. This is actually a, a good segue, I guess, to like the fact that Dak Prescott and uh, Kirk Cousins' career stats per game are like almost identical. <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> oh, it's so weird. Keep saying that. I that's think that's but it's to fucking, me. It's a stat. It's not like we're saying any. It's, it, we're saying the stats are literally like on a per game basis almost identical. I'm not saying anything else. Just oh, saying. we're not. But Bill always says that. So tell me why they're different. And it's because this is like when Bill always points out that Kyle Shanahan has a career losing record as a coach. <laughs> I know. <laughs> is that still true? Uh, like, I don't. Probably. I think it's very I close. Think. He's right around 500. Well, I guess they're, what are they, three and three this year? So, yeah. Okay, next category here. This, is, this category is called, there's a whole ocean of oil under our feet and nobody can get it except for me. Uh, that's from <laughs> There Will Be Blood. <laughs> I feel like you were like debating doing the voice in the middle of the quote and you decided say, not to. That didn't really sound accurate. Can you do it in the real voice? Yeah, in, can you da- do the in Daniel Plainview's voice? Yeah. 
There's a, I don't, because I don't even really know what his accent is. It's just like 1800s is his accent. Old timey, old timey. Gravelly. The technical He's like, term. there's a whole ocean of oil under our feet and no one can get it except for me. That's so That actually better. wasn't terrible, actually. Yeah. It was better than I expected. I'm giving that to Kenneth Walker, the running back for the Seahawks. We struck oil with Ken Walker and I'm not, not sure that he's just a top 12 running back. <laughs> You're not, not sure. Yeah, I'm not unsure that he's a, just a top 12 running back for the rest yeah. of the season. Yeah. He has a very limited sample size, but this dude is averaging 0.5 missed tackles per rush this year, which would be an all-time NFL record by far. It was like the Javante Williams stat of was everybody freaked out about last year. It was 0.3 missed tackles per rush, and that was a record. Kenneth Walker's obviously doing much better than that. He's just a 4-3 guy. This week, he's playing the Chargers, who have, although they've you know restocked their, their defense to prevent you know, being a sieve against the run like they were last year. Well, they've kind of been a sieve against the run this year. They've given up the second most yards per carry in the league. So with Ken Walker, man, if you guys spent all your free agent auction money on this guy, it has paid off handsomely. And I'm, I don't know. I, I just don't know how many running backs there are that I'd, re- like, I'm going to sit Damian Pierce to start Kenneth Walker this week. Ooh, spicy. I don't, I, like I don't think that's crazy at all. I mean, first of all, they're playing the Chargers and the Chargers like philosophically are like, yeah, sure, you want to run, go for it. I mean, they're averaging, Chargers are allowing 5.6 yards per carry. Second most in the league. Pete Carroll's absolute dream. So I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, can we play a quick name game with Ken Walker this week? Obviously, this the, guys week, yeah. the guys you're starting ahead of him, Eckler, Saquon, Chubb, McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Ramondre Stevenson, Leonard Fournette, are you starting Josh Jacobs or Kenneth Walker? Josh Jacobs? Jacobs. You starting Alvin Kamara over him? Ken Walker? Yeah, I think yes. so. Jonathan yes. Taylor? If he plays, yeah. Well, he's playing. He, he's a full practice uh, on Thursday, so I think he's playing. You starting Mixon over him? This is where it starts to get close, I think. Like, that's the RB12. Like, this dude is like a fringe top 12 running back in the league, I think, already. I test too. Like he looks insanely good. Well, we glossed so over. Far. You you said that he's making so half missed tackles per rush. That means every two rushes he's making someone miss. But we need a better name for that stack because missed tackles per basically it's like broken tackles. Great name, but if you like juke someone out and they don't touch you, I don't even know if that technically counts as a broken right, tackle. Right. So either we need to just just make broken tackles include things that they don't touch you, or we're gonna have to rebrand. Missed tackles per rush. Well, that's just, missed, missed tackles forced is the PFF stat, isn't it? I know, but can't we do better than that? Juke like score? Yeah. I feel like there's got to be a sexier... It's such a cool thing. It's like making someone miss is like half the fun of football. Broken ankles? Mm. Something. How many jocks are, are left on the field? How many people he fakes out of their jocks? Is that a, is that a saying? Yeah. Socks I don't know if that's too. a saying, but I, I know about that phrase. <laughs> is wait is making is juking someone of their socks the PC term is juking someone of their jocks probably yeah I'm actually unsure I don't I don't want to hitch my wagon to anything here I, I'm actually unsure Craig's just gonna play I'm right not, down not the sure that that's just down the fairway comes. sitting on the fence all right next award here like I'm just saying if, if you have if you have Zeke and Kenneth Walker like fucking oh, Kenneth, Kenneth Walker, Walker I, oh yes no I I to your point I agree. look this is why we said to blow your fab load on Kenneth Walker okay. There's a whole ocean of oil under our feet. Uh, <laughs> Can you do the milkshake quote, too? Oh, I yeah. drink your milkshake. <laughs> Eli, you boy. <laughs> I wish those quotes were worse after. We're going to have him do his Michael Caine later for all you. <laughs> Michael Caine. She was 16 years old. 
He's going to blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> Let me finish. Yeah. Can you, uh, the Mugatsu, I feel like I'm saying crazy pills. Can you do that one too? Uh, what is that from again? Zoolander. Zoolander. Ah, yes. Got one look. What was it? it just does that, yeah, the blue steel, and he's like, all oh, the looks are the same. Like, <laughs> I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that for just the Panthers and playing DJ Moore this weekend. It's like everyone's like, yeah, you know, you got to keep playing DJ Moore. I'm like, what? Why? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Is this, this a straw like a, man now? Yeah, I was gonna who's say. No, saying who's that? saying this? Well, <laughs> because, well, not who's giving you advice, Siphons. I guess I guess I'm taking crazy pills around the whole Panthers offense because, like, everyone's like Robbie Anderson had a tirade. I think Robbie Anderson's the only sane person on the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> Maybe I'm putting it that way. Like, it's just me and Robbie Anderson. Like, PJ Walker or Philip Walker, whatever he's going with these days. Phil. Phil. Had, Phil? Is it real? Phil? He's going by Phil, Danny, so please call him by that. Philip Walker the first. He had 60 passing yards against the Rams. I feel like we even talked about this. He had PJ Walker, Phil, whatever. Phil had one completion beyond the one yard, beyond the line of scrimmage. He had in total negative one air yards on the day. Yeah, it, I, I, I think it, even the numbers got mixed around because I think technically some of the passes he threw became like not passes because they were behind. I don't know. The point is, again, he did not complete a pass more than one yard down the field. It's like, no wonder Robbie Anderson's yelling on the sideline and then gets traded. If only DJ Moore had done that, he would have saved my fantasy team. But until DJ Moore gets traded, it's not happening. And so, I, like, again, there's so many receivers on by. Hypothetically, if I had a dynasty league with you guys and I had AJ Brown, Stephon Diggs who were on by and Marquise Brown who's hurt, and I hypothetically had to play DJ Moore, I kind of don't want to. He's, and I'm like, how do I play anyone from this offense? Because this this is not like a professional operation. Are you starting Darnell movie Darnell Mooney over DJ Moore with, with authority? That's kind of what I'm saying, and that sounds nuts because DJ Moore's good. But what I'm saying it's like th- this is PJ Walker one more time didn't have a completion beyond one yard down the field. They're playing the Buccaneers. It's Tampa Bay. How is this going to go well? Other like literally, <laughs> I, I feel like when the octaves start going up, you know he's. He's upset. What is the argument beyond DJ <laughs> Moore will got. be upset? <laughs> and they, God damn it. I hate you guys. <laughs> the I'm just trying to be vulnerable. When Heifetz starts uh, stammering and the octaves just start getting higher and higher. He's oh like, guys, God. DJ Moore, I don't get how, how are you going to start DJ Moore? <laughs> He's like New York. He's not like a New York squirrel. I couldn't remember life. what he did last year in terms of like performance in, in terms of Phil Walker last year because he started five. Let's see here. Started. He's a Matt Rule guy. He played in one, two, three, four, five. Five, five games. He had over a hundred yards passing in one game. Of course, none of these were. Only two of them were full games. He played for Matt Rule at Temple. That's why he got brought in, and he's now he's starting after Matt Rule was fired. Do you think anyone on the team's happy about this? Like Sam Darnold comes back, maybe that will help more. But in the meantime, until like PJ Walker's not playing, I'm not even kidding. I think I would play Darnell Moody over DJ Moore. I know that sounds nuts, but I, why does it? He's thrown one touchdown in eight appearances for the Panthers. Yeah. So anyway, that's my two cents. Uh, the Panthers. It's not great. Yeah. No, it's not. Not great, Bob.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. DK, next award. I'm going to throw this one to Craig, the Kombucha Girl Player of the Week. I don't really know what to do with Wandell Robinson. I've tried it. I like it. I don't like it. I like him long term. Rest of season, I think he's like a talented prospect and I like the idea of what he could bring to the Giants offense. But this week, I'm a little worried that we got a little fooled by his touchdown last week. And everyone's like, oh, like this is the new number one receiver on the Giants. But in reality, the dude played 14 snaps, which was fifth on the team. <laughs> like this. he barely played and he got yeah. he had four catches on the 14 snaps, which is positive. But I, I'm unsure. They're playing the Jags, who it's not like that's a formidable matchup really. But just the Giants passing game you know, we've talked about how Daniel Bellinger has like led the team in yards multiple times this year. The Giants have one completion over 20 yards on the season. No one on the team has over 200 yards receiving. So I just don't know if... Is that true? I believe so. Wow. I'll fact check it while you guys are talking. So I just like long term, I'm into Wandale this week. It, it, it appears to be a sexy matchup. It's like, oh, he's back. He's healthy. New number one on, on the Giants. and They're playing the Jags. I don't know. Heifetz, how do you feel about him? Are you starting him over like those mid-tier wide receiver three guys? Your Jerry Judys, Robert Woods, George Pickens? I'd only start Wandale Robinson over like the worst fantasy players in the league like DJ Moore. Guys like that. Well, that's actually, that was going to be my Anyone test. over DJ Moore? That was going to be Just my DJ test. Moore, Are you starting you know. Wandale or DJ Moore? Like realistically, oh if, he's on your, that's, if he's on your team. I know like the logical thing would be to rank DJ Moore over. You know that I literally have to figure that out in the league? Like, uh, anyway. Yeah. I, I... I uh, and it is right. The leading wide receiver on the Giants is Richie James, 189 yards. Oh, 200? Yeah, no, that is true. Oh, my God. But the, so there's similar conversations. The Giants don't have like a professional thing going on. Well, they, they're professional. They're just <laughs> a like professional really thing. Bad. Like they, they, they can't have explosive plays if it's not Saquon. Saquon is like the seven of their plays that have gone for like 20 plus yards. But like no one else on the Giants has like more than one which is kind of crazy to think about. So I think they're the only team in the NFL without like multiple people that each have a 20-yard play. And they just have to scheme it up. So Wandale, it's like you're getting like the vaguely hard to see from the visible eye biggest slice of a really small pie. It's like, what is this even worth? But then with DJ Moore, it's like, it's, it's not even technically pizza. It's like, why do you even want a slice of this thing? It's like, <laughs> it's like they don't know how to make pizza. It's like, right. I don't even know how to... Like, what's a pizza version of we can't throw more than one yard down the field? It's like, it's just... Can we, can we lean into this? I want to know who who Heifetz would start DJ Moore over. Would, so, Heifetz, yeah. Heifetz, Devontae Parker. Yes. You'd start over. Okay. I'm going to keep going. I, I, Paris, I feel bad. Like, some, watch DJ Moore have, like, he should have been the Costanza. Watch him have... Olamide Zacchaeus on the Falcons. Dude, I... I don't know. To tell you the truth, I don't think I would have the, as Bill would say, the testicular fortitude to uh-huh. play Alameda Zacchaeus over more. But if you're asking me who actually has more receiving yards this week, it's Alameda Zacchaeus. I'm going to keep going until you pick DJ Moore. 
Marquez Callaway tonight. Oh, to, oh, Callaway because uh, Thomas and Landry out. So Callaway's number two for yeah, after Olave. Yeah, give me Callaway. Nico Collins on Houston. Oh my God, Texans. <laughs> oh no, Texans playing the Raiders. Yeah, I think it's Collins. I'm just. Uh, this sounds nuts, and it sounds like I'm doing a bit. But like, <laughs> we have, am, we simply am I have crazy? to keep going. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> care I how cr- long this is. Am I take. wrong? Am, is <laughs> this like crazy of me? Have to keep going. Uh, AJ Green. Oh, don't no, 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 do no, 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 no. I, I don't do it. I would take mostly anyone who gets playing time over AJ Green. Watch it. And again, we're doing this on Thursday. So watch AJ Green. I'm like a great game today. <laughs> gets targets. Look at it now. Am I nuts for saying this? I'm just saying DJ Moore last week had three catches for seven yards. It's funny because I remember looking up at the at the game on watching it. Like I have like eight games going on usually, you know. And I remember looking up and be like, oh, it looks like DJ Moore's getting a lot of targets because I think there was like two or three plays early in the game where he got it like manufactured touches. And then at the end of the game, he had three catches for seven yards. I was like, but this is the problem. But this is why you can't just look at like target share in a vacuum. It's like, yeah, what's what's seven? What's the target share of seven targets when he throws 16 passes? Right. That's like almost half. Who cares? He had had freaking three yards. Yeah, I'd say this sucks because two of the players I was honestly the most excited about this year are Kyle Pitts and DJ Moore, and they're both just in just the worst dog shit situations for fantasy. It's so annoying. Anyway, long term, I still believe in you, DJ Moore, just not this year. RIP PJ Walker. Wait, Heifetz, what about the Moors? Would you rather have Elijah Moore or DJ Moore? Uh, I, I Elijah. Here's the here's the question for this week. Say Elijah Moore uh, doesn't clear, play when, this week. Ba- <laughs> to be clear, <laughs> say Elijah Moore is inactive on game day. Who'd you rather have, Elijah Moore or DJ Moore? Uh, man, I feel like the Bucks are going to get a force. Is DJ fumbles. Moore more likely to have <laughs> negative points than positive? <laughs> when they're throwing every That's pass the behind the line of scrimmage, I guess you get the half PPR. But the Bucks are good at forcing it out, so like they could get the fumble, and then like, he's only getting two catches a game. So like, yeah, say you're winning on. You know, that's like the question, like you're winning off for Monday Night Football. Do you bench the guy? Yeah, exactly. There should be a fun, like, fantasy rule where if you predict that a player will score negative points and you are correct, you get, like, 30 points. But you have to predict they will score negative points, and if you're wrong, you don't get any of their positive points. (laughs) If Baker comes back, DJ Moore just goes back to normal sucking. If Darnold comes back, DJ Moore might be good. Honestly, I think that I would actually trade for DJ Moore. For, I would trade for, for Darnold. You know why I would trade for him? This is like deciding which Moore, piece of trash you should eat for no, sustenance. You, sh- you should trade for DJ Moore because the people of DJ Moore feel the way that I have just felt and talked about. But if Sam Darnold's playing for the Panthers in like two or three weeks, DJ Moore might be like, go Wait, back did to you, being a Did we just arrive player. at you should trade for DJ Moore? Yes, because how could his value be lower? How could his value be lower? Just I think this is like when somebody's so liberal, they're actually a Republican. They're actually what conservative. What do you mean? How, this is the definition of a bylo. I'm just saying I'd play Alameda Zacchaeus over DJ Moore if my life was on the line. And that's my point. I have DJ Moore on a team. I, I like you should be hitting me up now for DJ Moore. Don't wait till Darnold comes back I and Darnold forces nine passes. We literally spent the last like ten minutes talking about how no one is startable over DJ Moore, and then Heifetz's point is yes. So trade for him. Am I? Crazy? I understand. No, it's a logical I, thing. I understand what you're saying. It, it's his value is so the lowest crazy. it could possibly be. Yes. This is the is it or is it so sane that I just blew your mind? It's that. 
I'm with you. DK just thinks I'm crazy because DK doesn't like trading with people because he's in 25 picks. What I just said makes total sense. You could get DJ Moore for pennies on the dollar and he could end up being serviceable. I understand. That's what I'm saying. It's like if you, you, you buy him at the dip and you're like, okay, if Sam Darnold takes over this job in two weeks, like DJ Moore might go back to being like what you thought he might be. It's just not going to happen this week because PJ Walker's playing. That's all. I see. I see your point. Just feel like you didn't plan this out when we started talking about how you would not start literally anyone in the NFL over DJ Moore. I'm saying for this week. Okay, that's fine. Should we do the hot tub club? Yeah, Yeah, let's move on to the hot tub club. I want Heifetz to have his octaves go up again. I'm going to be careful with that. Keep telling me that the the, 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 the (laughs) bodies are teaching more to have 200 yards and then try to trade for him. Is that the idea? You trade for him when his value is low. Do the hot tub club. All right. (laughs) God, got me going. Okay, so here are the players to keep in mind for this weekend in terms of injury situations. These are the guys in the hot tub club, a.k.a. hang out in the hot tub, or more accurately, probably the cold tub at practice. All right, Russell Wilson. He was limited on Wednesday. He has a couple of injuries he's dealing with here. A shoulder injury, a hamstring injury. The, the hamstring injury, I think, is more serious. However, good thing he has Wolverine blood, according to Russell Wilson. Uh He's going to try and gut this out. How are you guys feeling about Russell Wilson this weekend? Bad. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, anyway, keep that in mind. He's hurt in addition to the fact that their offense can't work at all. Um, Mark Andrews did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday, nor did J.K. Dobbins. So the, the Ravens have a couple of injury issues here. I think Kenyon Drake, you could already kind of pencil him in here as a pretty good start with Dobbins looking unlikely to play this week. His knee tightened up during the week last week. And so it looks like Kenyon Drake's going to get a good amount of volume in this week. And then, of course, monitor what's happening with Mark Andrews. Maybe this means Isaiah likely gets a little bit more looks if uh, Mark Andrews doesn't play. But overall, we have to wait until Friday and Saturday to see what's going on. Plus, it look, it's looking like Rashad Bateman might be back on track to play. I just keep imagining uh, Will Farrell and uh, who is it, Rachel Dratch in the hot tub on SNL. <laughs> My lover. That's Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay just welcoming new people into the hot tub. Hello! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Um, All right. Darren Waller for the Raiders did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. His hamstring injury trending towards not playing, it appears. Tyler Luckett did not practice on Wednesday with a hamstring injury. So that is something to monitor as we get closer to the weekend. Keenan Allen for the Chargers. Limited participant on Wednesday. He was talking to the press and it, he said something along the lines of like, maybe it's best to like stay out another week. I'm so that, sick of this. Is this the worst <laughs> hamstring injury of all time? What the fuck happened to Keenan Allen? Hamstrings are finicky, man. I'm not saying this in any type of way, but I'm going to say this factually. Someone said this. Uh, I apologize. I forgot who said this, but Brian Robinson got shot and came back quicker than Keenan Allen. <laughs> Dude, what is going on with Keenan Allen's hamstring? Hamstrings are large muscles, Craig, and they just don't heal really quickly. Um, Josh Reynolds and DJ Chark of the Lions both did not practice on Thursday. So it's looking like really good situation potentially for Amon Ross St. Brown, who I believe is on track to play this weekend. And then with the Patriots, a couple notables here. Mac Jones, he thinks he has a chance to play. He was telling uh, reporters that he is planning on playing. He's going to try to play. It's unclear whether Bill Belichick feels the same way. I don't think Belichick's going to tell us until like game time. But again, this is something to monitor. If you have Mac and you really need to play him in a two-quarterback league, grab Zappy and just to have that backup plan. And then the other thing that's interesting here, Damian Harris was a full practice on Thursday, full participant practice. So 
is the age of Ramondre Stevenson over? I know. What do we think Belichick's going to do here? Is he going to stick to Ramondre or go back to splitting time? I would assume it's the latter. I think they're probably going to go back to splitting time. I don't know. What do you think? So is Ramondre just a screaming sell high? I don't know. Like, it's tough because uh, there's a world in which they just let him be the lead guy now. You know, because Damian Harris is on the last year of his deal. Different style player. Not as much of a... You know, he's not quite as dynamic as a tackle The eye test is Ramondre's good and should keep the job. I stopped pretending to know what Bill Belichick went through a long time ago. Obviously, though, the, the most annoying thing is Damian Harris just getting the job back. But it, I feel like he won't. I'm kind of worried about Ramondre, Ramondre's to be honest. been good. Still going to play him, though. Um, Jonathan Taylor of the Colts, full participant on Thursday, looking good to go for this weekend, which is great. And then I'm not going to ever do a hot tub club without mentioning Kadarius Tony. still not practicing. All right, Kadarius. He's never going to be a player. He's never going to play in the NFL. Again. He's going to be so fucking good on the Chargers. <laughs> in three years. Yeah. I, he's just... I hope they like, trade him. I do. It's not the right fit. Send him to LA. He's perfect they, for Los are, Angeles. Yeah. I think more people... The more people have hot tubs in LA, but no, because it's colder in New York. More people still have hot tubs in LA, I would imagine. <laughs> What's the I hot tub know. per capita in New York? So do you think that do you think that would help him? Because like you could just be running on the beach. Is that like good for your hamstrings? Yes. Lubricated hammies in the warm California sun. Also, he just it just feels, you know, he needs feel- the Will Fuller muscle lubricant. He needs to lubricate his muscles with whatever Will Fuller was doing. That's the only answer for Darius Tony. He needs to come to the Rams, sit down, have lunch every day with Stafford. We'll be good. He needs to, every, like, it's like a pitcher coming off the mound. Like, every time he comes off a play, he should just check for substances because I assume he's going to be cheating if he just, whatever he does, get back on the field. Okay. That's all we got. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you. So, whatever the opposite of thank you is to get here is Tony. Thank you to Jesse for production help. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you to Shins. Nice. Have you done the Shins? I don't know. I don't keep track, Craig. We need that list back. We need to see, because DK is now like hundreds of bands deep. <laughs> well, the reason I was thinking about it is because of uh, Pineapple Express. He's like, you're going to get into so-and-so, so-and-so, and the fucking shins. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, I probably have said that before. We got a lot of good responses about uh, like great comedy songs in movies. Oh, yeah. Very or great point. songs in comedy movies, I mean. Uh, I also have to, I messed up again on a correction. I got the correction wrong. <laughs> What Remember when I was saying that Brian Adams, and I confused Brian Adams with Brian Jones, Brian Jones is the guy who died in the plane for the day the music died. That's not who Brian Jones is either. <laughs> Buddy Holly. Yes, yeah, Buddy. Man. I confused. I thought Brian Jones was on the plane with Buddy Holly. He was not. Different person. Who's Brian Jones? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. It's just a guy. Uh, he is it's also... He he's also in a, Yeah, he did die young. How did he die, though? What if he also died in the plane? Does it still count? Ironically, he died in the summer of 69, which is the Brian Adams song that like started this whole thing. Yeah, it's a depressing story. We don't need to get into his death and looking at his Wikipedia. So we'll move on. All right. Fair enough. All right. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>